2: Welcome, everyone, to the distraction here on Fightful.com. I am Jeremy Lambert. With me, as always, the great Joe Holbert. Joe, how are you doing today, buddy?
3: The great Joe Holbert. The great
2: Joe Holbert.
3: Is that a one off thing? Is that just for the Thursday show? I'd like to know if that's going to be like a regular thing that you throw in there.
2: Stay tuned, Joe. Stay tuned. Got to come back tomorrow and find out.
3: That's an incredible hook. (laughs) Yeah, we're back. It feels like a long time since we did an actual, like, normal topic show which is going to be a trend, I think, right? These are now the outliers, but we actually have topics to discuss apparently. So I'm, I'm somewhat, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm excited, but I'm here and I'm, I'm ready for it.
2: Not excited. Come on, get excited. Wrestling is booming right now. Have you not seen yeah. the viewership numbers for these shows? Good point. Wrestling is the only outlet, right?
3: Everyone's turning to Vincent, man. Everyone's turning to Tony Khan. So big things lie ahead for the podcast. I just don't know about the rest of the world. So yeah, it's
2: it's WrestleMania season, everyone's at home, there's no live sports, and two million people are watching wrestling, which is somehow less than typical. Yeah, I don't
3: know. At this point, that stuff, I just I just try not to even analyze it anyway. It's impossible to read at this point, right?
2: You thought maybe they'd like at least stay where they were. Going down was pretty interesting. I mean people People would rather watch the news. They want to know what's going on with the coronavirus stuff. Like, that's what everyone... Like, no one wants to watch this wrestling stuff. The, the thing with... I, I didn't want to get into this this early, but yes. here we go. The thing with these shows is, like, everyone keeps saying, like, oh, it's an escape, it's an escape, you know? It's not. Like, it's, an, it's a reminder. Like, it's a reminder that no one's there you're not doing these normal shows and like that's what this is this is for a lot of people i have i i feel that this is not an escape at all
3: so are you telling me that the raw results are not airing on us news out there is that (laughs) what you're telling me it's like on the on the bottom of the screen we're not getting kind of like aj styles promo updates none of that it's just a separate thing altogether okay it's news to me no, I'm sure. I'm
2: pretty shocked ESPN doesn't have WWE results on the ticker. Maybe they do. I haven't watched ESPN in, I mean, unless it's live sports. I really don't watch ESPN. But yeah. I, I figure they would have WWE on the ticker.
3: I don't know where they're at with them now, but I guess they're showing old shows, which we'll get into. Another hook there. Wow, we're really pulling them in today. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> on with the show, definitely.
2: <laughs> Regular show today everyone we've been doing these daily distraction shows less than a week i feel like we've been doing them for five years but less than a week uh the daily distraction shows i appreciate the feedback everyone has given on the uh ricky starks interview once again want to want to thank ricky for joining us on monday if you haven't checked out that interview check it out on fifo.com i have some Articles going up from that interview Some some select quotes from that interview That are going to run uh, We've been running the WWE March Madness tournament That Joe has uh, put together The mind of Joe Holbert That uh, got him some heat on, on the interwebs there The first round is over The second round is open Everyone can go to Holbert 5 on Twitter Check out the, the second round Vote for who you think is the best overall performer And I'm going to say that And that's how you're supposed to vote we all know yeah. the truth. You're voting for whoever you want to. Um, yeah, yeah.
3: It's been a, it's been an interesting experience. <laughs> I did forget to put the voting up. I think it's fair to announce that on the podcast, Jeremy. You did save me in that regard. You said, how have you put the polls up? And I was like, the polls? What is he talking about? I have no clue what's going on. And I realized, oh, yes. I started a 64-person bracket um, of professional wrestlers. So, yeah, it is up. And my uh, captions remain incredible. I'll leave that <laughs> for you when you go to my Twitter and find them. But they
2: remain really something else. We will discuss the, the second round and preview the... I guess it's would be Sweet 16 because we're at the round yep. of 32. So yeah, uh, we'll preview the Sweet 16 on tomorrow's Daily Distraction. So if you've been keeping up with the March Madness Tournament, that will be tomorrow's Daily Distraction. And then next week... We'll keep running the WWE March Madness tournament, get into that. We will come up with some, some other ideas. Toss us your ideas. I'm working on some guests. Uh don't have anything to announce right now, but maybe tomorrow I'll have some some things to announce. Or maybe it'll just be a surprise, you know? Keep these shows a mystery, Joe. Plans change. Yeah, I mean, I'm-
3: I can't believe how good we are at this. This radio thing, now, Jeremy, right? Like we're just gonna we're leaving and we loads of stuff to look forward to. We haven't discussed anything. We just keep saying stuff's coming. It's great stuff. We're going This is how we're gonna fill the hours and in these next coming six months, right?
2: This is how we're gonna do it. Uh, this is. I mean, this is pro wrestling. You know, let's see how it plays out. That, that's, the, yeah. that's the tagline. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, today we've got a number of topics to dive into from AEW and WWE because nothing else is happening at the moment uh we are going to start if you've never joined the show once again thank you for joining our our normal show we do these shows every thursday at seven o'clock and we will be this will be our normal show once things get back to normal as joe said in like six months or so um six years at at this point um with the way things are going in america and all that um we put five minutes on the clock. Dive into a singular topic. We pretty much go all over the place on the topic. We pretty much go over the time. the The clock, much like whose line is it anyways? The the clock is just it's it's there to annoy us and, and go off. the what, What's the what's the thing on whose line is it anyway? Uh, the points don't matter. Something like that. Like. Uh, I, have no I don't know. Sounds like very completely bad television. It. Yeah, <laughs> completely botched it. Uh, but we will put five minutes on the clock, Joe. Our first topic of the day: the Crispin Wa documentary aired on Vice the the past couple of weeks. It was a two part episode. It's online now. It's on YouTube. It's on Vice's website. Um, I don't want to dive into the whole kind of Crispin Wa stuff because that's not something I want to get into, but. I do want to talk about just the decision, your personal decision, my personal decision to watch the documentary and just what you thought of the documentary as a whole.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I like the series in general, so I was always going to check out the documentary, but I must say I'm, I'm very much like emotionally detached from the whole thing now. And I, I watched it like I was watching any kind of true crime documentary. And I know that sounds crazy because I am I cover wrestling and I'm out of it I watch, you think it would be. But at this point, that's just where I am with it. Um, the documentaries are super well made. I think they got all of the necessary voices. Um, It's, yeah, it's a really tough, uh, tough topic, but it's probably the best job anyone's done at tackling that, I guess, right? We've got a range of perspectives. And there was definitely, it's just an interesting thing just to, to follow, through social media, because before I watched it, I was I was on my feed when people were watching it, and it's like no one really still knows how to frame this, right? And not in the sense of why or what. I mean, just like how do you look back on it as his career and all that stuff? So it was it was a weird thing for me. But for me, I just watched it as any documentary. That's the only way I can really deal with it.
2: I, I was fairly similar. Um, I haven't watched anything Benoit since it happened. Mm-hmm. I I've just kind of removed myself from that i didn't really want to watch this but for the for the purposes of this show and just other people saying like it's really good like you should check it out i was like all right i'll check it out i'm with you i watched both parts and i didn't have any type of like major emotional reaction to to either Mm. part the the police photos when they were showing that that was a little like oh man okay And, and then the ending with uh sandra and and um david like that was another like all right like that, that's kind of tough, but i I didn't like it wasn't like a strong emotional reaction. It was just like had I never seen had I known nothing about Crispin Waugh beforehand, I probably would have reacted the same way to those scenes like any type any true crime documentary like you see those police photos you're like oh man that's like kind of rough stuff you see a big reuniting at the end like i watched mcmillions over the weekend and at the end of that the guy comes in wearing the mcdonald's outfit and it's like oh that's funny like that's cute like Mm -hmm. stuff like that or when the the family reunites at the end uh the colombo family they reunite kind of at the end It, it was the same thing with this benoit documentary and And maybe that seems weird because we do cover wrestling, and we've followed this Benoit stuff. We've followed Benoit's career, and we don't know him, but we're familiar with everything. And I just didn't have this big emotional reaction to like any of this.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's just I think when you're as close to wrestling as we are, you just at this point you've had to kind of put in its place, right? That whole story and. You've read so much about it, even if you didn't intend to, over the years you naturally are going to just read more about it, hear more about it. So you put it in your own place. And it was strange revisiting it in this way. I think there were personalities in the show that got the most emotional response from me, just in what they experienced from it, right? Right. Like, you know, you, you mentioned and also people like Chavo and stuff like that. But as a story, it's just so entrenched in our minds now. I think. We're almost cold to it. It's it's an insane story, and it really is. And a lot of the stuff on that series in general, I mean, sometimes they cover like just general wrestling things, right? But some of the mysteries on there and the, the odd happenings are we, we, we're we so used to them as wrestling fans, we just accept them as part of the weird thing we watch. They're really crazy stories, and this one is that times 100.
2: That's really what it is. I think as far as criticisms of the documentary go, and these are very minor criticisms, Two parts did not feel like enough. Like, nowadays, it feels Mm -hmm. like any docu-series is, like, six episodes. And maybe that's too long, but, like, McMillions is six episodes. I think Tiger King is six episodes. Making a Murderer is, like, six episodes. Like, they're all multiple five, six, seven episodes, whatever it is. And I, I think... Like sometimes that's too much, like completely. Uh, some of this stuff is way too stretched out. You don't need that many episodes. But for this, I don't think two parts really covered everything. And I understand they they didn't want to do like a five part series. But to really get the scope of like who Chris Benoit was and like his actions when he was in WCW, WWE, like the the locker room stuff, the the bully accusations and stuff, like mm. that. That's kind of stuff that maybe. Yeah needs to be mentioned that you can't really mention in two parts you just got to kind of get the big things and i do think they did a very good job of getting just the big things but because they didn't they only did two parts you couldn't completely tell like all the minor details that would have painted a different picture of really who yeah. who benoit was
3: yeah i think that's a a relatively common thing with that pop with that show because i mean i remember in the brody one like you get like ten minutes of background information, right? And in this, you had like a half an episode, forty minutes, whatever it was. So that's really how they did it. They just extended the first portion of their usual format. Um, but you're right. I mean, if you, I don't know, I have no clue if someone came at this without any background knowledge, what it would leave them thinking. Feeling it. it's a, it's a lot. There's a lot in here. There's a lot of wild stuff about pro wrestling, which again, we just kind of accept as the way it is. I mean, the whole portion about like his finish, the diving headbutt. It's like. So a normal person, that is insanity, right? It's crazy enough to us. So, yeah, I, I often when I watch stuff like that because I know it's a TV series. The truth is wrestling fans are mostly the people watching it, right? But I always try to watch it through the lens of if someone just sat down and watches a documentary what they think of it,
2: this was a story that I'd imagine they'll remember,
3: you know, for, for better or worse.
2: The the other criticism yeah. that I know the, the makers of this documentary could not help one bit um, was I do think they got – Pretty much anybody and everybody that you would want. I mean, Jericho, Malenko were very close Mm -hmm. with with Eddie. And Benoit, they did a really good job with the Eddie and Benoit relationship, like explaining that and how that really tore Chris up and everything. Uh, They obviously got Nancy's sister. They got uh, David there and Chavo. So they got the the major players. The one person who, and it it sounds like they reached out to Kevin Sullivan. He didn't want to do it. That's fine. And the, the other person who I feel could have really added more context, and I understand why he wasn't on there, but William Regal. Because even when... You know, they they re showed the Benoit tribute. They said they showed a clip of what Regal said, and Shava was like, You know, Regal lived right down the street. He kind of knew things that were going on that other people didn't. He heard the disputes and stuff. Like, if they could have gotten Regal to really, again, paint that picture of who Chris was kind of more outside of wrestling then it would have added more context. And I get why they couldn't get Regal. He's WWE. They were never going to allow him to do it. Maybe he didn't want to do it. But Regal would have been a seemingly a very important voice uh, to this whole thing.
3: I, that You're 100% correct because that felt like something, an angle they shined a light on. But because of them limitations, that's to quickly pull it off. right? right. Like that could have been a whole other... I, there's a lot of st- like theories as to why Regal was that way, which because we're on an actual podcast, I'm not going to like get into. There's a lot of different stuff people have said. That, you know, this guy said that, and this. But you're right, making it seem like he knew more about Benoit's behavior, and then just having to leave that because obviously you can't interview him. Was a that's just a limitation that unfortunately was inevitable, I guess.
2: Yeah, um, but otherwise, if you if you haven't seen the documentary, look if you like true crime documentaries, it is it is that like I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of these kind of scandal documentaries and true crime stuff and yeah. things like that. And if I wasn't a wrestling fan, I would probably just check this out and be like, oh, this is an interesting story. If you are a wrestling fan, I imagine. Your emotions probably range to kind of like me and Joe, where it's just like, all right, you watch it. You've kind of washed your hands of everything Benoit, well and that's that. Or it brings up a lot of bad emotions, or you see kind of families reuniting, and you're happy about that portion of it. So uh, I, I'd imagine th- there was a complete range of emotions for, for anyone who watched that. And if you did watch it, you know, leave us your feedback on, uh, on our Twitter accounts, because... I kind of want to know how other people reacted. Like I've seen some stuff on the timeline, but I wasn't really looking for for time yeah. reactions. But now that I've seen it for myself, like I, I want to know how other people felt about this.
3: I do think there's an other end of the scale. I think there is there are some people that are still were very much moved by this because of their memories of it and stuff. So yeah. I think that yeah, that would be interesting to read what people say about. Uh,
2: let's. We're going to move on. We're going to dive into WWE Raw right now and an angle we haven't really talked about. And that's Seth Rollins and, and Kevin Owens. Their their match is official for WrestleMania, one night of the, the WrestleMania. It feels like they've been feuding for six months. They might actually have been feuding. They haven't. Yeah. Okay. Close to that. Yeah. <laughs> they, they haven't had a singles match, but they've had a million multi-man tag team matches. But we're going to talk about this because the promo work, on Monday I thought this was some of Seth Rollins best stuff that, that he's done in God knows how long
3: Seth Rollins is a fascinating case study in perception in the damage and like the impact of being on TV at time. because I, I think I tweeted this a while back but like I couldn't if you said to me rank the best talks in WWE I have no clue where Seth is on this list I don't know if he's actually in a good sport or he's way low I. He's obviously very talented, right? The guy has great matches, and this proved he can be a very good promo. But it feels like it's an uphill battle for him at this point to make people truly care. The Owens thing is interesting because I think people like Owens and want to cheer for him. When this was going to take place in a stadium, my question was, has this got enough heat to not die in front of a stadium crowd, right? On a WrestleMania card, a seven-hour show, will this not just be 15 minutes in the middle that everyone forgets? Now that that element is wiped out, you know, as we know, um, it becomes interesting to me in the sense of, I don't know, how big of a match is this for the for the audience at home? Is this one of the main reasons they're tuning in? If it is, I've got to believe that this promo is a leading factor because this, as you say, was one of Rollins' best promos. And it also gives a whole, like, character contrast between them that wasn't there before. It was just two guys that kind of clashed. This really painted that picture for you in full and give you more kind of depth to it.
2: Yeah, they, they tried to – and they've done this in media interviews as well. Like, you know, the Performance Center is the perfect place for this match because this is where mm. we started and everything. A lot of people have said this to basically – it seems like it's the stock answer of, yeah. yeah, the Performance Center is great for this. Like, let's be honest. They they don't want to wrestle in front of nobody at the Performance Center. Um, but it it does create an interesting dynamic because, like you said, the – if you put this in front of the stadium, they've been wrestling. They've been feuding for so long. I just don't know how good it's going to be, how it's going to work. But at the Performance Center, you can do a little bit more. These are two guys. I feel like they're going to do the uh, the melodramatic like talking while they're wrestling, which I know doesn't connect with everybody. But maybe in this setting, with this feud, it might actually work. Like Seth Rollins just kind of... Telling him like uh, you should have followed me and you know I made you I made this performance center whatever and and owns firing back and everything like it might actually work in that context I I've really enjoyed the majority of these performance center promos because it feels like they're just out there talking they're not yelling lines they don't have to like the crowd the crowds make wrestling a lot of the time the crowd with their what chance and their just kind of all over the place reactions or their CM Punk chance, whatever it might be, like it, it can get in the way of a good promo. And a lot of that is because WWE has booked the way they have and the crowd is just reacting to that. You don't see this in, in other places, but yeah. at the same time, when you take that element out of it, like these guys are cutting some really good promos.
3: Especially ones like this where you have someone to actually talk to, right? It's difficult when you're just in the middle of a ring with a microphone. It's like that's a weird setup in general. But when you, but when in this case, Rollins and Owens, the crowd wasn't necessary because Rollins was talking directly to Owens and he was circling him, and that was all great. Seth is the part is the side of this coin that interests me because, and again, it's silly to even look ahead with the way things are going. But you, regardless of which way the rosters shape up at this point. It feels undeniable that Owens is going to be one of the top baby faces because he's one of the only baby faces they have that people generally consistently like. Rollins is interesting to me because this, I wonder if this act is leading him straight back to the top of the card whenever things get back to the way you kind of expect them, you hope they will be. Um, or is he going to kind of be like a, a mid, uh, not a mid carder, but a, a heel that you slot up and down the card, if that makes any sense? Like, I'm interested in that because, let's be honest, like at WrestleMania last year, that was his coronation, right? And then he got another coronation at SummerSlam. He fast forward a few months, and I'm just intrigued to see where he falls in the totem pole. Owens, I think, is Owens, and he's going to be a central baby face regardless. Rollins, I'm interested to see how that pans out.
2: Well, if Seth Rollins isn't your top heel on Raw, like, who is it? We, we all assume that drew mcintyre is going to win the title maybe they hold off on that because they don't want to do it in front of an empty arena who knows um but we assume drew is going to let's say for, for argument's sake things are are normal drew gets his coronation like who's your heel to challenge him after that exactly and that's that's the point right so i guess that
3: makes rollins the default answer you would assume because i think we're going to get into this as a topic later, but I don't think AJ is going to be leaving WrestleMania in a prime contender spot, based on what I know about that match. I'll assume not, but um, I agree with you, right? But his, my thinking is kind of, let's just imagine that they do some kind of re- like you know, shake-up deal. Is Rollins in a position where whatever roster you put him on, he's either the top heel or second top? He might be, right? I just don't know because he's been literally tied to one guy since turning. So it's going to be really interesting. I agree with you. The roster stays as they are. He has to be Drew's first opponent, assuming Drew wins. Um, and that's a fine choice. That's a fresh match as far as I know. Maybe not. Maybe with this side anyway, this alignment. But, yeah, that part interests me, especially with the faction. And if there's some kind of game with Buddy Murphy, I have no clue. But, yeah, that, that part will be something to watch, I think.
2: I think this what, – what's weird is um... – the AOP suffered the injury, and had things stayed normal, who knows where they would have gone with that? Because I don't think they're just putting one AOP member out there like by yeah. himself w- without the other one. And then, so does Rollins get a new tag team off of that now? W- with uh, what, what's a, a wwe's calling it like extenuating circumstances? is the reason for all of this stuff um they they won't say coronavirus um but because of all of this that's going on now that buys them potentially time you mentioned the draft and this is actually something to to real quickly touch on because there's nothing been confirmed this is an easy way to fill weeks uh, at least a week of television without having to like run anything live is you just do A draft episode of raw a draft episode of smackdown shake up the rosters whatever and you don't have to do like any type of live stuff because it could come to that
3: i agree that's an interesting part of like do you think they need one already do you think i I don't see a ton of fresh things waiting for us i feel like they might need to not a full one of them ones where they switch the whole roster that never (laughs) never works just like a couple top matchups i think they could switch definitely because i don't think there's a ton of stuff waiting on the other side of wrestlemania
2: uh, let's let's quick let's move on to you mentioned it just a few minutes ago. AJ Styles, yes. you don't see him coming out too well after WrestleMania. On Raw, <laughs> they made it official: a boneyard match between yes. him and the Undertaker. What what is a boneyard match, Joe?
3: Immediately, my mind went to the classic with um, Vampiro and Sting that took place <laughs> in the graveyard. Yeah, that was the graveyard. Era. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know if that's gonna be. They they did
2: they did Vampiro and Sting they did Vampiro and the Kiss Demon. True. Yeah.
3: That one was I don't know. I know Sting chased him into the graveyard, but I don't think it was a match. No, they yeah, they did Vampiro and an actual match.
2: It was Vampiro and the Kiss Demon in the graveyard match and like you won by like coming back to the arena or something. (laughs) It It was this really like wacky, wacky thing.
3: Yeah, I wanna make it clear when I said that about AJ Styles, that wasn't a spoiler, by any means. That was me assuming that the Undertaker is not gonna use a bone lose a boneyard match that I think will be shot like a like cinematic masterpiece. That's why I said, Jeremy. I think you're going to get some wacky stuff out of this.
2: I hope so. I I really hope so because I mentioned this on Twitter. Like people are saying, oh, they're going to shoot all of these matches like movies and stuff. It's going to be like a Michael Bay wrestling film, essentially. And I'm like, good, (laughs) fantastic. Like, do this over the top stuff. Like, my expectations are literally taped, not live. Like, that's how they're going to film this stuff.
3: Yeah, I think you're right, but. I think – so we have two shows, okay? Are we going to assume there's like 16 matches? In top? How many have we got right now? Do you know that, Jeremy, off the top of your head? If not, don't worry about looking Off the top of my because... head,
2: I don't know. I think we're at about 14 right now.
3: Okay, let's say we get to 16. That's eight a show. I think on both shows you'll have one or two weird offset matches. That's what I would assume. And I think the rest of it will be performance center, empty arena, normal matches because I don't think – I don't know. I saw some people saying like they should do something wacky for Brock and Drew and stuff, and I think you've got to yeah. be careful, right? Like you got to pick your. The Undertaker thing is the Undertaker. Like all of his stuff is ridiculous. That's kind of the deal at this point. Has always has been? To be honest, but I think that match will get that treatment. What is a a boneyard match? I have no clue. Um, it's it's such a strange scenario, right? Like the Undertaker. I was kind of intrigued in this match beforehand, in the sense of could take or pull out another one of those matches that is much better than has any right to be. But then as soon as he got moved to the PC, I was like, oh, I have no clue what the plan is now. Because they can't do just false finishes and make the crowd stand up for them. You have to actually have some kind of match. And I don't think he had any interest. So Boneyard match, I'm very excited. I'm going to be
2: honest. I'm intrigued. I think the Boneyard match helps The Undertaker because it can just yeah. be like a lot of brawling. AJ, like AJ... <laughs> AJ isn't what he used to be. The man yeah. is still gonna go out there and bump his ass off, and like he can bump over tombstones or bone, like I, whatever, whatever kind of setting they have, AJ can take all these kind of wacky looking bumps and stuff and make the Undertaker look like this magician with with uh, you know all of his superpowers and everything. I'm intrigued. I just hope a boneyard match is like you had. They do this in the backyard somewhere, and you got to find the bones. Like you, like it's a it's a hide and seek match essentially. Okay. Like you got to dig for the bones. The dogs have hidden the bones in the backyard, and two wrestlers have to dig for the bones. And the first one that finds the bone can use it on the opponent. Oh, that's okay. what I think this should be. So it's like an inverted on a pole match, yeah.
3: basically. Right? Yeah. Uh, look, I I think you're crazy for suggesting to be any bumps. I think this is going to be like a full. Like I just, I've in, the, in my head I see this being like um, something akin to the deletion matches in its own weird way, where AJ Styles turns up to some form of like graveyard. So I don't know how they're gonna frame this. I have no clue. I see Undertaker's arm coming through a grave, <laughs> and then something wacky's gonna happen. He's gonna choke. He's gonna tombstone, and then like Mike Yoda will just arrive and count three. That's what I think is gonna happen. No. Because the thing is, there's no. There's no like, it's not like AJ's gonna have to walk out in front of a raw crowd the next night and be like, "Yeah, I lost," but no one's gonna remember this. This is all just an anomaly. Enjoy yourself, guys. Don't make anyone fall
2: over. I don't care about that. Just
3: do the match. Have fun.
2: No, AJ, AJ's gonna go out there and take at least. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna take some bumps in this thing. I'm I'm telling you. I hope it's like. um I don't know if you've played WWE 2K20. I don't think anybody no. like actually has and enjoyed it. But they, they do all this. And this might be, you mentioned... You know what's another match that can be like wacky? I mean, the Fiend and John Cena, like that's yes. the match right there. Uh, but they had like this book that you open it and it like shines this giant light into somebody and, and like basically blinds them and maybe it sets them on fire. I don't know. But if it doesn't, like this is what they should do in this match. Like you just have this this giant book and the Undertaker just opens it. And then AJ set on fire, or you do this in the wow. Fiend match. Like th- this is the kind of stuff you got to do. Good promotion
3: for a game no one will buy too. <laughs> By the way, I want to quickly um, just add to the just just the mass of criticism on that game. A, a few weeks ago, they released this Southport Regional Wrestling thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. I saw this, and I was like, okay, this game's super cheap. I have relative interest in this this thing, unless I'm mistaken. Like Gallows and Anderson's characters aren't even in the no. Southport Regional. No, how? incompetent this is literally their shtick they've been doing this thing for years and they turn it into a
2: program and now i have to get like sasha banks she's not even on the show anyway that's enough that's enough but i just couldn't believe that it was ridiculous it's like tyler breeze is like the only person who is actually on southpaw inside part of this this dlc the dlc things aren't bad because they do like this this wasteland thing which is uh pretty much like mad max and you do like halloween horror kind of stuff like that's actually the best part of the entire game is this kind of like wacky dlc but you're already spending i guess the game's like 30 bucks now but you're you're spending like 30 bucks on the game and then you're spending five ten dollars on all the dlc like it still adds up to like 60 bucks for this broken game that you're just gonna try to you're gonna play the dlc once and then never play it again
3: I'm glad we added to it. I just wanted to make sure we had some kind of statement on the game. I'm glad we did that. Very Look, good. I'm excited for the boneyard. I hope Luther shows up. That this is the wow. crossover that we need. Imagine Undertaker's like standing over AJ and he gets pulled into a grave, and Luthor comes up and does like the head point. Yeah, thing and then that's just, they, we never speak of it again. Never ever again. <laughs> it was
2: just a little moment for us to enjoy that would be incredible. We know WWE is booking based on this show. So actual yeah, 100%. Ma- make it happen. We we need an appearance by Luther. Uh you yes. mentioned it just a just a second ago how we don't have WrestleMania spoilers and maybe we should have led with this so people weren't like, oh god, they're out here spoiling the show. We don't know WrestleMania spoilers. This is our next topic actually. Joe, do you even want to know WrestleMania spoilers?
3: Honestly, there's nothing I want to know less. Like I, I, The truth is, Jeremy, I need to watch WrestleMania, okay? Not because of any kind of tradition, pride, or ethic. I just, we talk about it, okay? So it's, it's, I have to watch the things we talk about, other than certain promos that we've spoken about in recent weeks. WrestleMania, I'm going to have to watch, okay? Watching an empty arena show that over two days will span about eight hours is a task for me. It's a challenge. I'm looking forward to it. I'll beat the challenge. Making me do that, knowing the results of matches is, like, that's the next level unfair. I'm very, I'll am be very upset if... Look, it's fine if they get spoilers, but just don't be, like, haphazard with them. My fear is that someone's just going to drop these things out there and it's going to be on my timeline. Well, that's the last thing I want to see. So, yeah, I don't want spoilers.
2: I, I'm completely with you. I... If I know the result of something, I probably won't watch it. Like, the NXT yeah. UK stuff, like, all that's taped in advance. Like, I'm i'm not watching that stuff if i know it like impact it's very tough for me to watch impact knowing that all this stuff is taped and whatnot even when nxt w- was taped um months in advance when it was just an hour show on the network like i would just binge watch the episodes before a takeover instead of just watching it weekly because i'm just like i i know what happens i know the spoilers i there's no urgency to watch this stuff when you know what happens yes yeah.
3: I really appreciate you giving me an excuse of why I don't watch NXT UK <laughs> and why I don't watch Impact. That was really nice of you, I appreciate it. But there are some matches that I think, I hope anyway, I'm optimistic they're going to actually hook me in. Because I enjoy watching wrestling. I know this is a crazy thing <laughs> for me. I'm going to be honest. I do enjoy it, pro wrestling, okay? And I want to be at some point during these 25 matches, I want to be on the edge of my seat. I have no clue if it's possible. It may not be in this setting, but you might notice the results. It's, there's no chance right like i hope that some of these matches can hook I me mean, that's my intention anyways to go in open like, mine so yeah anyone that gets spoilers hopefully they hand them respect and care what does scare me a little bit is we're legit like 10 days away right or a little bit, yeah. little bit less like, that's a long time this is super strange very odd scenario taping mania and it's not even like this saturday sunday it's still a week ahead so i am fearful
2: I I'm not sure they're going to come out honestly because they they apparently taped stuff yesterday Wednesday, um they taped Mania stuff, they apparently taped like SmackDown NXT Raw stuff over the weekend and Monday and Tuesday and like we haven't heard anything about those shows like I don't know what's going on on SmackDown mm. on Friday and apparently that's all that stuff has already been taped so. Sure. I, I don't know because it's such just a a tight group of people like they can't have more than like 10 people or so shooting yeah. these matches like there for these matches and stuff. I, I'd imagine not a whole lot of people know uh, the the results in the first place. And so when you've already when it's already down to 10 people, you can pretty much snuff out who potentially leaks it. And I don't know if anybody wants to like run that risk of just leaking anything like that. Honestly,
3: at this point in the game, spoilers are probably not a danger. The biggest danger is someone posting something on Instagram. I mean, there's a lot of people on this show, Jeremy. And sometimes, I love pro wrestlers very much, but sometimes they're not very good at social media. <laughs> All it takes is one astray story, and next thing you know, we've, we've got a whole different WrestleMania. Or, I think we mentioned it at some point about like taping different endings. That could be an incredible, incredible choice. They could just I... pick any of
2: them. I hope they do this. I hope they do the the ending thing and then they don't tell. Like, imagine Drew is like, all right, they tape an ending where he wins. They tape an ending where Brock wins. And like, Drew doesn't know. And so he's just sitting at his house on, it, yeah. Yeah, on Sunday. And he's just like, why? like he's hooked. He's just yeah. totally hooked to this. Just like, oh man, which ending are they going to go with? Like, I am interested, like, do you think
3: we're going to get, this is like such a ridiculous question, but because of the way they're taping this, there's a very good chance these matches are like the most uninspired, like just run of the mill, like just getting in and out of their thing. Like, do you think guys are going to go to this to tape? I guess they already have taped with like the intention. This is WrestleMania. I'm going to go out there and tear the house down.
2: Or
1: are people just going to get in and out?
2: I don't know. I Yeah, I wondered that as well. And by the way, on my, my point on like different... um endings and stuff i want like that that would be my wrestlemania i want a camera on these wrestle like i want a camera on drew as he watches this match to see like if he wins or loses this match and then like if he loses i i want to see just like the heartbreak on his face of oh my god i thought this was my moment and they they kept the title on brock like that's the kind of stuff i want to see um what was your question (laughs) <laughs> i had but to get my thing, shit in there
3: one thing by the way brock would never know if he lost or one title because he's not watching wrestlemania so <laughs> yeah i want a camera like...
2: i want a camera on brock and brock is just watching like some hunting show yeah. and
3: my he... question was
2: do you think like is seth Rollins turning to
3: the pc at 11 in the morning like it's wrestlemania he's watching hype <laughs> videos he's like this guy there another 25 minute match. is he literally like Okay, let's get through this strange scenario and move on with our lives.
2: I have no clue what these guys are thinking. Yeah, I don't know either. Like the way – like based on interviews, it sounds like they're all going to be like, you know, this is still like a big show and everything. But obviously they got to say that. No one's going to go out in public in the media and be like, yeah, this is dumb. Like we're just going through the motions and stuff. Like get excited. The, these wrestlers are telling you they're just going through the motions. Uh, yeah. So. I, don't, I think with the way they're going to be shot It's going to make it look like they were kind of super motivated Anyway I think some people will be pretty motivated There will certainly be people Who are just going to be like This this isn't working Like it, These people live And thrive off of these reactions And these emotions mm-hmm. and, and none of that's there So even if like they want to get up I don't know if it's feasible For them to at least get yeah. up to that level
3: it's gonna be a fascinating documentary, an incredible book one day because these matches are like appointments, like they're just rolling into the PC and having a match and going home. I guess because they have to have a limitation on who's there, right? right. So it's just so, there's not even any camaraderie with who's there. You're literally just going there, okay? What's our match? How are we doing it? And that's that. So it's all-time strange stuff. I'm I am genuinely I don't want to sound more interested now than before. That sounds terrible. We're talking about a real life incident here, but i am in some way he's more interested now because he's just it, you have to see it right you gotta see what it's gonna look like
2: i like i like your theory that they're they're appointments that like rollins and yeah. owens are just sitting in the 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 pc waiting office and be like all right uh you know it's, so their appointments at 12 o'clock yeah. and then it's like twelve forty, and they finally get called <laughs> back <laughs> um let Let's move on. It's true, man. <laughs> Calling him Mr. Rollins for his match. Yeah, he had a call in Seth for his match. Uh, let's move on to uh, ESPN is airing WrestleManias. They're actually they're they're running against WrestleMania next week. Which wow. is Yeah, really strange, but they are. Uh, they began airing WrestleManias this past Sunday with WrestleMania 30. Uh, this Sunday they're going to air WrestleMania 32. And literally on WrestleMania Sunday, they're going to air WrestleMania 35. So you're going to have WrestleMania 35 head-to-head with WrestleMania 36. I don't know why they made that decision. Like, why they Mm. didn't change it and make it like a Friday night, why you would air WrestleMania 35. I guess that's up against SmackDown, but whatever. Fox and ESPN are competitors. Who cares? Um, But, yeah, so WrestleMania's are airing on ESPN, and it got uh, Joe and I to thinking... Three WrestleManias you would choose to air on ESPN.
3: This is very interesting because you do need to feature some guys that are like relevant today. I mean, that actually isn't very hard because Goldberg and Brock are your champs, so I guess you can go back very, <laughs> very far.
2: You can go back to WrestleMania 20 at the very least. <clears throat> My intention is by the end of this
3: segment, Dream, we're going to have a collective three. We're going to have come to come to unite on three WrestleManias. Okay. Can we lock in WrestleMania 17?
2: Yes. Yeah, I think we can lock in WrestleMania 17. It ticks all the boxes, right? It has the names people
3: remember. Right. It's very fondly thought of. There's not really any low points. Do you think that's the best mania ever, or have you got uh, a second topic?
2: I, like, off the top of my head, I do think it's the best mania ever. It's tough to find one that is that consistent from top to bottom that liver that delivers that many moments from top to bottom. Like there's, there's better mania matches or more other Mania mm-hmm. matches that I may have enjoyed more. Like I think uh, Austin and Brett is probably my favorite mania match, yeah. but you know, WrestleMania 13 isn't very good outside of that match.
3: Yeah. I, I want to suggest wrestlemania 19 but i feel there i'm um, going two close in the same era right See, that seems I wanted, dangerous
2: i wanted to suggest wrestlemania 18 because you have hogan rock but I, yeah. i'm kind of with you on the same thing is like it's it's back to back um yeah, yeah. and like wrestlemania 18 overall like not the best ever but like hogan rock is i don't mm. i don't know if there's a bigger wrestlemania match than that no I
3: and i just no. think the issue is if we were really taking this seriously, we'd have to look at it and be like, we cannot tell the mainstream audience that like, okay, here's two of our best manias from the same like three year slot. Like it just it basically just says to everyone, remember when wrestling was good? And that <laughs> isn't the intention of this. I would start with 17, and I think you've got to jump forward. I do think WrestleMania 30 is a pretty great one. I'm with you there. have the Brian story, Brian's still super relevant. He's on your A show, I guess Smith has the A show. I don't know. I think it is. He's on that show still. What about the... So, 28 is Roxena 1, right? Twenty yeah. Maybe that? I don't know. So, that was a huge match too, right?
2: Anything from the... Look, I'm going to bring it up because I I feel it's still important to bring up. WrestleMania 20 is great. Uh, yes. A lot of great moments. For obvious reasons, you're not putting that on there. But there's plenty of star power on that show. Like, you have Goldberg. You have Brock. You have Rock. Batista. You have the Eddie moment. Like, point like that's a great wrestlemania it's not going to be there for obvious reasons um anything from like the older era though like uh wrestlemania 6 with like hogan and warrior anything like that i just think
3: i mean i i I think there's a lot to take from those shows but i just think for this exercise i think you start 17 is probably as far back as i would go to be honest i mean there's some good stuff on those shows some great stuff on them what what, what about wrestlemania 10 though
2: you got two great matches you got the yeah. the the Brett, um, you know, defeating Yoko story. Like, I mean, those two matches, Brett Owen and the latter match, like, two historic matches. And as far as, like, WrestleMania-quality matches, it's it's tough to find two better matches than that. Like, those are probably top five WrestleMania matches, maybe?
3: Yeah. I mean, now we're doing this, it does... Kind of strike me that maybe the real idea here was like just three nights of WrestleMania matches. Do you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> just a range of matches because you're right, those, those two matches. But then I, I kind of think Wales was on ten, and I'm like a little bit unsure of. I don't know. I, I don't know who's watching these shows. Crush and Randy like, Savage
2: th- from WrestleMania Ten. Yeah,
3: exactly. Um, do you think this is just all like wrestling fans watching this that are bored? Or do you feel there's some people channel flicking that are like whoa what's going on? <laughs> I mean
2: eight hundred thousand people, over eight hundred thousand people watched the, the Mania thirty replay. Like that that's a that's a strong number. It was it was the best number on the day for ESPN. I have mm-hmm. no idea what ESPN is airing other other than this stuff. I think it's a little bit of both. Like my timeline my timeline is is pretty much wrestling fans and like wrestling fans were watching it again. Yeah. And so I definitely wrestling fans were watching it. I do think it hooked an audience of hey, there's really nothing else on, like let, let's check this out, see what it you know, see what it is. I mean, WrestleMania thirty was six years ago. There's still some nostalgia with that. Yeah. I don't know how like WrestleMania thirty two Is going to do because there's not that many like great matches there's some good names that they're that's the reason i think mania 32 is as part of this list uh and then i I really don't know how 35 is going to do because it's literally up against the live (laughs) wrestlemania
3: yeah what was the wrestlemania where goldberg and brock had their rematch that was two years ago on three years ago
2: now right yeah that was the orlando show
3: Man, oh, I can't believe it was three years ago now we're back with Goldberg and as the chat. That's crazy. That's wild to me. But that was a good mania, right? Or am I imagining that? It was a very long one.
2: Um the Orlando <laughs> show, that was I I truthfully can't even remember I love my research show. for this. that no, was that was, show, that was right? Undertaker and Reigns. Like that yeah. that was not a good yeah, I I honestly feel like these Except for Thirty, which Thirty didn't feel that long, and maybe it was because I was there live. Um, I feel like all these recent WrestleManias, like they have their good moments, but they're so long that yeah. you just don't remember like how good of an overall show it was. They do as wrestling shows,
3: they've run together a bit for me. The thing that I remember more is like the staging and the, the theme, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, when I spot it, I'm like, okay, well, I couldn't tell you the matches. I just know what matches took place over a certain range of years. I will say I actually like your 10 suggestion. And I think what we could do here is a mania to mark, like, three different eras. I suggest 10, 17 for that, like, peak of wrestling kind of deal. And then 30 is, like, I guess the best of the last decade, the most memorable mania. That works, I think.
2: Yeah, I, I like your idea of just, like, showcase top matches. I mean, you've got you've got three hours to fill every sunday i think i think the 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 programming ran three hours maybe it ran four um but you've got all this time to fill for three straight sundays you have 35 years worth of wrestlemania matches to choose from like you you start at one you do like the the uh from, from one you do the tag team main event you, you pick stuff from 2, you pick stuff from 3, you know, you do Hogan-Andre, you do Savage-Steamboat, mm-hmm. and, like, you just show, like, you just highlight great WrestleMania matches, great WrestleMania moments over the yeah. course of, of its entire history.
3: I mean, I think the the information you said there about it being on at the same time as the actual Mania is interesting because if you were just looking at this purely as a promotional top tool, you would take all of the featured figures on this year's Mania, and pick out spotlight matches of theirs right but clearly this is just filling content yeah like, that is what it is it's not a promote so in that case yeah i mean you're right that would probably be the best way to do it because every mania man every wrestling show has low point right but manias, is of course they do that's that's kind of intended that's the way the roller coaster goes it's just the way it works
2: we're gonna move on to so we decided on 10 17 and 30 are three, yes, we three were. three years
3: we covered there that's very good very strong showing from us jeremy proud of that <laughs>
2: uh we're gonna move on to nxt nxt was last night and i guess kind of the the big announcement that was made earlier in the week we we knew it was coming when they moved mania from the stadium to the performance center and then it was said takeover would not go on as scheduled they didn't really give an update on what would happen we found out this week that essentially the matches that were going to be scheduled for takeover are going to air over the coming weeks on NXT television. Joe, what would you think of sort of the stuff that happened on NXT last night and this decision to proceed with essentially weekly takeover matches?
3: It's, it's fine. I, look, this, this whole, I think we've said now a million times over, this brand is an interesting experience for me. I have ups and downs. I This week's show, I have to say, I'm a big fan of using NXT as like a case study. Last week, no matches, ratings down. This week, let's do every match humanly possible. Let's do Tyler Breeze Austin Fury. Let's do a Killian Dane squash match. Let's do it all, Jeremy. Let's just get every match. And let's see what people like. That was interesting to me. A good choice. I really like the segment with Champer and Gargano and their dad and him giving them permission to fight again. That was terrific. Um, the decision makes sense, right? You can spread it out and that gives them... I mean, they've probably already taped all of those matches or are about to, so that gives them locked in a certain amount of stuff to live... not live tape, but... Um, it's fine. I I genu- generally struggle to get too interested in, in this and the empty arena element doesn't help it any. I mean, I know that a lot of people have a problem with NXT just being like, oh, Full sales so small and it's darker. But still, in my priority list, if I'm watching empty arena shows, it doesn't help NXT any, right? Like, I already have to watch Raw and SmackDown in this setting. Now I'm watching Austin Fury. It's very tough. No knock on Austin Fury, but it's just a tough setting. It's difficult.
2: I wonder if Morrow is going to do the takeover matches because I think it's been good that he hasn't been on these shows. Like Morrow is Morrow is Morrow, and you either really enjoy that style or you, you don't. I think with no audience, it yeah. would be very tough to enjoy that style.
3: Yeah. I think you're right. I, what did you, so I kind of like stepped away from this Gargano chamber thing. Is this, intended to be shades of gray because it seems to me like gargano is
2: just the hill i have no idea i don't know i think it is intended to be shades of gray i'm with you i i actually think Gargano's the baby face because he is like yeah. that and maybe this confirms it shades of gray but gargano's like it's all about moments like we're not even like telling stories and stuff anymore we're just talking like all you want to do is create moments i'm like yes keep shooting johnny um like i i think he i think it's shades of gray stuff i'm fine with it I really hope this is the last time that they wrestle because I feel like they've been and I get why they kind of came back to this <laughs> these poor guys like they want them to have this mania moment and you know last year was Champa's neck injury yeah. this year it, it's coronavirus and it's like they're just not gonna get this big moment in front of this big crowd and this you know like the the storybook ending for these two maybe next year they can actually be on the wrestlemania card and go from there but yeah i I feel bad for those guys actually because i think that's why they did the turn in the first place at the the last takeover is because they're like we got to culminate this feud with a big mania takeover because we didn't get that last year and then it got screwed up again this year
3: it's so difficult because the way they phrased it made me think that there's no decision made as to whether or not one of these guys is moving up or sorry across to one of the other brands <laughs> or uh because it wasn't like loser leaves right it was just like
2: yeah don't it do it just, again this is the end <laughs> it, it yeah. was it was like a triple h in and uh undertaker end of an era that's what it was yeah
3: yes and that's a hell of a comparison but <laughs> i um the thing is I think Champer as a talent is better suited to the main roster, but we know that that's not really a thing. So then that makes me think Gargano. But the, the problem is, I think Gargano's best chance of being a main roster success was when he was like a red hot babyface in NXT. And that will never happen again. People might cheer him if you turn him back, whatever they do, but it will never be the same level of pure love that was there because it's just you've done so much now, right? You've muddied them waters. You can't reverse action and bring him up as a pure baby face you can to an extent it'll be he's very good at it but the ceiling is super in check there i think for him on the main roster it's a tough situation
2: a couple debuts last night uh we had malcolm bivens debuting with his new tag team and then we had essentially a killer cross debut the the promo aired he got shown it it wasn't um you know he he didn't appear in front of the live audience but it his face was shown. We know it's killer cross. And that was at the end of the yeah. gargano Chapla segment. Yeah, I,
3: I'm actually interested about Bivens because I'm very much uneducated. I know people are super excited and have been for the longest time. And I've just been waiting to see him on AST TV. And obviously, like, it takes a long time. Managers and stuff, it's very different now. It's a very strange time to be a manager. But I'm interested to see how he does. Um, I've seen very little just from like when he was with Moose, I guess, in Ring of Honor a, a few years back. So that's that, I'm most uneducated. The Killer Cross deal is interesting because it already feels like they have a log jam in that roster. And now he has to... Killer Cross isn't a guy that you bring in and he just has cool matches for a couple weeks. Like, you have to do stuff with him. You have to actually push him and make him a focal point. So that one's going to be fun to follow because they're going to have to reshuffle some things, I think.
2: I think the Killer Cross thing, what's interesting there is they did it during the gargano Champa ending segment. And, like, that's cool. You put him at the top immediately. But if you're trying to sell this, all right, last time ever Gargano Champa, don't add more elements into it. Like just keep it Gargano Champa. I don't want to be watching this match thinking like, oh God, wins killer cross going to show up. Like I want to watch this match thinking like these guys, they're never going to wrestle again. They're beating the hell out of each other. They don't like each other. Like that's how I want to watch this match. So I, I, like, I understand they have big plans for Killer Cross. I I would have just honestly and and who knows what the original plan was before all this stuff happened. I would have just done the Gargano Ciampa match, and then if you're gonna debut Killer Cross after that match is over, debut him, have him lay the guy out, whatever. Sort of like the, the Adam Cole deal when when he debuted. Like yeah. do that type of thing instead of force him into this situation where it, that's what it feels like to me. It feels very forced when it, it's not necessary. Bivins, I'm I'm excited about his social media stuff. is great. Yeah, he's he's a great personality. I hope he gets a chance to uh, shine. As you said, managers are in a weird position. I don't know <laughs> how they're going to do. I don't even know like how they feel about the tag team they paired him with. Like that's the biggest thing. Is Bivins can do. Everything he can do on the mic, but if they don't have any plans to like push this team, it's really not going to matter. Exactly, but if even still, if he
3: can do his work best he can, hopefully it positions him in a better spot. If this isn't the end game, that makes sense, right? Like as long as he can prove he deserves TV time, even if the team doesn't, which we don't know, obviously, we can go from there.
2: I mean, they put him in a good spot. The team attacked attacked Matt Riddle, one half of the tag team champions, so. You would think at least right off the bat, they're going to uh, be be in a top spot in the tag team division. So we'll see. I am happy for, for Bivens and, and Cross yeah. making finally making their debuts. But Bivens is somebody who's been waiting a long time to make his debut. Yeah. Uh, final, final topic of the day here. AEW originally supposed to do Blood and Guts last night. They had a big parking lot brawl match. They had a big lumberjack match planned. They obviously had the big Blood and Guts match planned. They reversed course uh, late last week and decided, yeah, probably not the best idea to like do all these matches under these circumstances. And, and we discussed this weeks ago when all this first happened. It's very tough to pull off a cage match to, even before the whole no more than 10 people, like that was Jericho's reasoning of we can't have more than 10 people, that's why we're not doing it. Yeah. The reason they're not doing this is because you don't want to do this kind of cage match in front of nobody. Uh, Thoughts on AEW reversing the course and then the show they delivered last night.
3: Yeah, that was the right decision. Definitely. I've got to say over the last week, I kind of internally made the choice that i think at this point, criticizing the empty arena shows is a little bit silly because it's just so obviously hamstrung. Right. And I was, that was my mindset, but I must say this because I haven't seen anything negative for AEW for a while. It only feels fair to just be honest, but I didn't really enjoy the show, and um, I thought that I prefer the Brody Lee thing where he was like Vince McMahon. After I watched the match with it, I wasn't as concerned, but I didn't really dig that whole thing. We spoke last week about Vince references, and I was like, it's fine, but man, like, that's a slippery slope, right? It's that's super kind of like that, You know, we were talking earlier about how a non fan would feel. If there is a casual viewer of AEW, I have no clue how they reacted to that. I don't know if they thought it was like like each got a given aura across or it was just weird. I have no clue. The Matt stuff, I just don't think I'm ever gonna get or enjoy it. I don't know. I enjoyed Chris cutting the promo on Vanguard one. I thought <laughs> that was very fun. But the Matt stuff was just I just can't deal with that that uh that whole character is just not for me. It's for some people love it and it's gonna divide people and I'm on just on the other side of the fence. So yeah, I didn't love the show, I've gotta say.
2: See, I when you initially told me you didn't like the Matt Hardy broken Matt stuff, I was kind of shocked cuz I thought that would the the wackiness of it all it would be more up your alley. Um, I will say I don't have an issue with the broken Matt stuff. My issue is I'm not sure it fits AEW. Um, the yeah. the, the, the the teleporting stuff last night like i listened to matt hardy's interview with chris jericho and he's explaining and i may have talked about this on a on a daily distraction show i don't recall um but like he's explaining his character and like he he has all this background information it's like wow you put a lot of detail into this and like this is very deep and everything and i'm just like how many people are actually going to get this like how many people are going to like connect with I'm 3000 years old and like I can teleport and stuff like how how many people are does this appeal to and when I think of AEW like I think of you know they present it as a sport as much as possible and this is where I don't think the Matt Hardy stuff fits is that teleportation is is not a sport like you're not you're not teleporting (laughs) in sports I guess I guess Tim Duncan put hair on Manu Ginobili's head and that's the closest thing to like magic we've seen in sports but it it, you know this stuff doesn't really it didn't work with me it did work with me in Impact because I think Impact kind of created that sort of universe to where it could work in the AEW universe it doesn't quite click as much
3: I think it can fit in AEW. I just don't know if it fits in this spot. This is like right. the top of the card. Like you're you're building to even though it's delayed, you're still building to a war games match. Sorry, blood and guts match. <laughs> so like doing this like wacky teller, it just feels super out of place on this po- at this point in the card. Now again, I've got to stress this, like people love it. And I'm I went on social media and it seems like the response was positive. People that love this character got what they wanted. For me, it was like this is going to be a slog for me getting rid of this stuff's going to be tough i just didn't i struggle with it all of the details that he's kind of mapped out are way lost on me and i don't think i'm ever going to invest the time to find out as more about it um what are you like did you enjoy the brody vignette or are you kind of like me
2: the the thing the thing with that is i didn't enjoy it not because like the the vince mcmahon shots like I don't think all that's necessary. I thought last week with the one line, fine. It's your debut promo, whatever. Like, yeah. like that's fine. I didn't enjoy it because it it felt like a, it felt very forced. Like the Dark Order to me is like cult leader kind of stuff, and this felt very mob boss kind of stuff. Yeah, it it, it just it didn't feel like oh this is what the exalted one does like he sits there and he eats a steak and he yells yeah. at people for sneezing like th- this is how the the exalted one is presented like it, it didn't feel to me like that's who this person should have been
3: I my thing with this is like i don't know what the rush is to take away brody's aura like why do we have to humanize him immediately do you know what i'm saying like, yeah. them is this what the, the Exalted one does? And that's true. But just him in general, it's his second week and we're seeing him sitting there eating dinner with like, it's just such an odd, this is actually a case. I think, and it, you know, you don't want to be over the top. This is week two. I'm getting carried away, but this is what I do for WWE. So it's only fair. I do it here. It, they've overcomplicated this to me already because Brody Lee is a guy who looks awesome. He has insane matches. He can do really cool stuff. And in the AEW environment, all you really have to do is just drop him into that world and let him play in it. That's simple as that. The Exalted One was already a dangerous thing for me because we spoke about it last week. We don't know what the ceiling is. Vignettes like this, to me, this just felt very, like, prelim. When this ended, I wasn't thinking, oh, man, I can't wait to see Brody get in there and wrestle with the top guys in AEW. It was just, like, a weird character piece. I didn't... He doesn't need the help yet. He's just started. It It was odd.
2: Yeah, I... And the vent stuff is... Hmm. It's a slippery slope with that kind of thing. I don't think you want to keep doing something like that because I understand the AEW fan base is very, for the most part, is very anti WWE. And like, that's their rallying cry. Like, this is different than WWE. That's what we love about it. Like, taking these kind of shots at WWE, that's a big turnoff because. That's that's what Impact did essentially. Impact was different too. Impact didn't have the the rally, the troops kind of thing because uh, WWE was a little bit hotter back then, and they hadn't completely run off their entire fan base. But mm-hmm. you know, Impact they were known for like these great wrestling matches and like these more athletic contests and stuff. And then it became all right. Everyone, let's shoot on WWE, and that's what turned a lot of people against Impact. It, I don't think I I would. I think AEW is smart enough not to do that with everyone, but you're already starting down this now with Brody, and even just one person doing all this can be a turnoff for a lot of people.
3: I just think there's a place for it. There's a way to rally the troops with it, as you say, and it's... Look, it's all fun and games. I haven't got a problem, but I just think... Making it his whole, not his whole purpose, because that's not what it was. It was just a subtle thing, really. To a general person; they wouldn't be like, "Oh my god, Vince Man!" Right? Like, <laughs> it wasn't that on nose. But what I'm saying is, I guess my simple turn is, I think Brody League's better than that, right? I don't want, he, I don't want the reactions Brody Lee being, "Oh man, you see them shots of Vince." No, I don't want that. I don't think that needs to be. One thing I will say on a positive note, uh, the Kenny Sammy match was the best empty arena match so far. Sammy is like a huge hit. He's doing great. We spoke about it last week. And also, I enjoyed the commentary. I thought Kenny Omega was great on commentary in the Cody match, which kind of surprised me because I, I never think of him as like a promo guy. So, yeah, there's, that's some positive stuff. Tony was good too.
2: Yeah, I, the the Omega and Guevara match was excellent. Sammy, <laughs> Sammy making out with the the Brandy picture and then Brandy's reaction. Sammy is so yeah. good at – he takes a lot of losses, and I do wish he would win more. Um yep. but but he's so good with his character work and his promos that he can remain just this guy that you hate. Um and that that's going to help him and keep him strong even despite all these losses that he's taken. Uh yeah, I'm with you on the Brody Lee thing where that was the reaction to the promo is Exactly. Yeah. Oh, he's Vince McMahon. Like nobody thought of just like it's Brody Lee. It was oh, he's playing Vince McMahon, and I'm with you that he's better than that, and he, he like he honestly deserves better than that. Again, my biggest issue with that was it just didn't feel like this is what the exalted one was supposed to do. He <laughs> yeah, no. you went from cult to mob, like it, it's not yeah. quite the same. Uh, at least in my estimation, I thought with AEW last night it wasn't as good as last week. Um, I mentioned to you off air last week really did feel like an escape. This week felt like all right it's an empty arena show like that. They're just doing, they clearly had to change course on a lot of things and and do something different. And it, it it once again felt like a reminder more than escape. And that that's annoying. Yeah. Again, we need to stress
3: like a month down the line of actual wrestling shows. I don't know when that will be, but this whole Brody vignette, it was a minute and we could all forgotten about it. But it is important to just be like, if this happened on Raw, if Killer Cross next week did something like this, I would be like, man, what are they doing here? And that was how I felt at the end of it. When I watched the match with it, I felt better about it because I just think Brody's such a good fit in ring for them. But yeah, I thought it was worth talking about that whole deal. I, I wasn't a big fan of it. But
2: Dude, people thought, I think right. people thought Robert Stone was like a Tony Khan knockoff for for some reason because of like the the suit and i i guess yeah and i and i guess uh how he styled his hair or something i was like robert stone's been doing this thing before aew was thought of debuted whatever like how is this a knockoff like this was a a clear and direct shot at at vince like there was no two ways about it yeah this was a vince mcmahon (laughs) spoofier (laughs) I just want,
3: if anyone out there watching this didn't know, like, didn't get that Vince thing, and you just watched this wrestling segment, please tell me on social media what you thought of it, because I have, honest to God, I have no clue how it came across to a normal human, because I'm so warped <laughs> with the Vince stuff, that I was just like, oh, Vince shot, I don't know if the general, I have no clue, Jeremy, I'll be honest with you. I have no clue, I didn't like it, but it is what it is.
2: I'm interested, because like, again, this is the AEW fan base, like, we don't like WWE. So did they think this was cool? I'm going to show this segment to my wife and I'm going to see, cause she doesn't know about Vince McMahon's sneezing habits or steak eating <laughs> habits or anything like that. So I'm just going to show it to her and be like, Hey, what do you think of this? And I'll yeah. get her reaction. And I'll report back on tomorrow's show. There's another hook for wow. tomorrow's show. i report back wow. on tomorrow's show and and see what she I'll let everyone know what she thought as a casual viewer who's not in the bubble, what she thought of this Brody Lee segment.
3: This is incredible the job we've done tomorrow in tomorrow's show. I don't know what else we provided hooks for. I think we've done them all now, but still, that was a that was a tremendous job for tomorrow. Great, great stuff, Germany.
2: Uh, That is going to wrap it up for today. Again, we'll be back tomorrow. We will have uh, the second round recap, round of 32 recap on the WWE March Madness Tournament. A lot of close polls. I looked at one, and it's going exactly how we figured. You should have called an upset on the uh, Gulak and Brian thing, because that would have made you look really bad. You would have had to change your twitter header again i think the last time i checked i was like 96 to 4 or something It was yeah this
3: has been a confirmation that i have no idea what the wrestling fan thinks likes dislikes <laughs> which is perfect when you do a daily podcast right it makes perfect
2: sense uh the, some of the poll results as we'll get into tomorrow are interesting i'm looking forward to just you know mapping this whole thing out and trying to like you said figuring out like how people are voting here and maybe they are voting for best overall and if they are cool that's that's fine by me uh so we'll talk about the the second round we'll preview the third round and i will report back with the casual perspective on some of these i'll get her i'll get her thoughts on the matt hardy teleporting as well and we'll we'll see what she has to say about that
3: please ask about Brody lee's very strange ring attire because okay. i want to know if there's like a scoop there a take on it if that's good or
2: bad because i have i'm not so sure right now i'm not so sure Jim, i'm gonna be honest she is like a fashion person too so she will oh this is very good yeah this is very she, good she's yeah, big like she's big into fashion so i'm sure she will have some type of a take on all this so we'll be back with a daily distraction tomorrow at about three o'clock it'll probably go up um and then next week again more march madness tournament working on some things send us some send us some topics and we will talk to everybody then